Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. That's what this podcast does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly on Victory Wednesday. Ravens win week one. Holly, how you doing, man? Good, man. As you said, one and oh, let's go, baby. I love it. Obviously, it was the it was the Jets. You were there. So we'll have mm-hmm. to talk about that in a moment. You're here. The uh, I guess it's not really the uh, your thoughts from the bank, but, uh, you know, we'll have to uh, get that rolling a little bit. Excited to hear your thoughts. But, yeah, man, it was it was a it was a fun day. It was like, you know, sort of mixed bag in the sense of of how I felt after the game it's it's good we looked good generally I think you know but it's it's going to be a, a definitely a bigger test next week but we'll we'll get to that towards the end of the pod yeah for sure I'll, I'll just jump into the to the game day experience it was it was fun it, it definitely felt good to be in the stadium there's general buzz there but uh, the air kind of got let out by the Jets not looking so great, so the home crowd wasn't really super into it. Uh, we did arrive a couple minutes late because of some traffic and uh, just bad lines getting into the stadium, but we didn't hear a single J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 while we were there, which kind of sucks. Um, they showed Fireman Eddie once on the big screen. Um is is that what they call him? Fire, Fireman Eddie? Fireman Ed? Something Fireman Ed. I think that's Fireman I mean. Ed. That yeah, sounds sorry. right. I mean, I'm not the yeah, Eddie, I'm not yeah, the guy Eddie that came, lives in the tri-state area, but yeah, I believe that's what they call him. Yeah, Eddie came out of my mouth. I was like, "There's no way that's right." Yeah, Fireman. Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Fireman Ed got shown once. Uh, you know, yeah, just it, I guess it would have been tough for me to be cheering for the Jets as well. Um, but the Ravens look really good. There's a lot of Ravens fans. I think you could hear them on the broadcast is what you were telling me. Uh, yeah, especially man, during the national anthem. The, oh, during the anthem, yeah, man. The O was loud. It was, it was Yeah, I got got some got some Seven Nation Army going. And uh yeah, it was pretty pretty comfortable. I mean, it was kinda kinda yucky with the rain and stuff like that, but um friends and I ended up tailgating at home, you know, just staying indoors. We we're just less than twenty minutes away from the from the stadium, so we just drove over later on and and luckily, our row was the first row with with cover uh, in the stadium, so we were never directly in the rain unless we were going down to the bathroom or something. So uh, that worked out really. That well. is clutch, right? There. Yeah, yeah, that was huge, and and by complete chance, we had no idea that was going to happen. But um, yeah, yeah, that was really good. And you know, the Ravens kind of made it easy for us. A lot of times they'll, they'll let teams hang around and you're kind of on the edge of your seat and uncomfortable and all that kind of stuff. And and while it maybe wasn't the most dominant performance the Ravens have put forth, uh, it was pretty comfortable. So we're going to do our general format here uh, for, for, for our weekly reviews, and then we're going to look forward to uh, week two. And as we go, if we have any new listeners we will we we have a couple segments that we like to do and we'll explain those as uh as we go through. So usual format, let's start with the offense. I think my prediction was true. Slow start and eventually have your way. Is is that fair? Yeah, I would say so. And actually speaking of predictions, I was pretty darn close with 24 to 6 too, I think is what I had said. 
Uh, yeah, would, you, would they have nine? Yeah. Yeah, I think they ended up with yeah, nine. Pretty so, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting predictions for both of us. I think you weren't far off though either. Were you? Weren't you at like? Yeah, I think uh, I I gave uh, I gave Joe Flacco a little bit more credit than uh, than maybe I should have. I, I had them getting up to thirteen. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But either way, either way, not too bad. We had our offense on point. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, but it was yeah, it was kind of a, a weird day for us, though. I would say overall. Yeah, started really slow, and I, I think for the reasons that I laid out last week, it was it was uh, kind of to be expected. Um, some new pieces on the offensive line. The the Jets defensive line is really good. Um, Lamar hadn't played in the preseason, and yeah, you know, th- and things like that. And and you know, it took a little bit of time for them to get going. So. The Ravens started what with three punts in a row, and they didn't really get on the board until the the second quarter. Is that right? No, at the at the end of the first, I guess they they yeah, the, uh, the end of the first after the yeah after the interception, uh, they hit they kicked the field goal and they kind of sputtered out in the red zone and you know again like maybe to be expected and you know that's okay but against better opponents maybe that puts you in a hole a little bit so i think i think it's fine to be expected and uh you know they they started the second half with uh two touchdowns a punt and then you know the interception on on that uh deep ball from lamar so definitely better as the day went on but what maybe not their most dominant day that they've put forth again yeah, I mean, it was, you know, look, as as we had commented last week, I mean, it, it we expected it to be a slow day. Lamar hadn't played at all. He actually looked pretty decent, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And played in preseason. Um, he, he, you know, wasn't as frisky running around, you know, as we might have expected him to be, which I wasn't that upset with, quite frankly. But when he did run... He still had, you know, showed his oh, yeah. magic, was still, you know, in his back pocket when needed through the deep ball. You know, I mean, I mean, look, I, what a great showing for our wide receivers. Well, I shouldn't say great um, because Bateman obviously had some some moments of cringe earlier in the game before his touchdown. But, you know, to see. DuVernay and Bateman combined for three touchdowns. DuVernay really looked good, um, I thought. Uh, You know, not saying he's a number one, but as a guy that was our number two receiver, legit number two receiver, he looked like he can play that role. And, you know, obviously we also saw him still returning punts and kicks. So that's, he's once again going to be a major part of our, our production. Yeah, I really liked how physical... DuVernay was on the first yeah. touchdown. I mean, he was yeah. still covered really tight and went just went up and snatched I it. I really loved how he. I mean, really, he went up and grabbed both balls. I mean, even the yeah. second one. I mean, he had to he had to go up and get it. I mean, granted, he wasn't in tight coverage like that first ball, but I just I agree with you, especially that first catch. Man, that just looked strong and and really encouraging. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and they even used him in stacks with uh, with Andrews and and. Duvernay's just clearing the way for Andrews and, you know, running into receivers. And, you know, I I really like to see that from him. That was that that was nice to see the deep ball to Bateman was it was beautiful, you know, all the way around. I mean, 
mean, Linderbaum eating up uh, Quinn and Williams, um, moving the pocket a little bit. And then, of course, a really subtle but nasty route from from Rashad Bateman to um, you know, kind of freeze the free safety and, and not let him, um, you know, kind of cut that off. And then the throw was right on the money. So, I mean, that was really pretty. That happened right in front of us, which is really cool. And, you know, just saw it coming the whole way. It was just a matter of, you know, how good is the throw going to be? Yeah. Um, that was really cool. So, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, yeah, Lamar looked pretty good. I, I think he had some good zip, even on the even on a wet day. Um, you know, the interception, I think a little bit underthrown, but I, I do like taking that shot and a uh, really nice play by DJ Reed. But uh, on the ground, not as much as we're used to seeing. You know, like 63 yards total, maybe not what you expect, but maybe that was by design. You know, you'd run the ball 21 times. Um, Lamar throws it 30 times, and a couple of those Lamar runs were also dropped back. So I wonder if that was uh, by design to – get the passing game going a little bit, give give them a shot there instead of keeping it on the ground. I mean, I would think, well, not, you know, how do I say this? I, I agree with you, basically, in, in the sense that, yeah, they, they've got to be thinking we need to get Lamar reps. Not that we're changing our entire game plan and suddenly becoming, you know, a passing team, but considering your quarterback hasn't had any reps in, in live action during the preseason, You'd think they'd want to, you know, maybe throw a little bit more the first couple games just to get him into a rhythm a little bit. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I would think that totally makes sense. Yeah, and and especially in pass protection, I think the offensive line stood up pretty well to, to a, a good Jets front seven. Um, you know, we mentioned that that's a really good group, especially that defensive line. And with, with your starter, Juwan James, going down and Pat McCary stepping in at left tackle – um, and then, of course, Tyler Linderbaum in his first game. Morgan Moses, again, hadn't played in the preseason. All things considered, I think they, they pass protected really well. Um, not as sure in the run game, but um, and, you know, certainly a couple tough reps for each guy uh, against the pass rushers, but not not bad overall. No, definitely not. Now, let's talk about the injuries real quick. I mean, yeah, that's that's a, a big one. Now, obviously, we haven't really gotten to the defense yet, so we can maybe talk about the defensive injury then. But what are what are your thoughts? I mean, that it was it was not a good looking injury on TV Not that we want to talk about an injury porn or anything like that. But it it looked bad from the moment it happened. And it and here it is. I mean, he, he really had a very bad uh, Achilles tear again. Um, it's Same one. really a shame for Juwan James. Let's just say that right now. I mean, the guy has been working hard over the last year plus, you know, trying to get back on the field. And here he was starting at left tackle for us on opening day. And that just, it makes you sick to your stomach to see stuff like that happen. Yeah. That's, that's really crappy, uh, for Juwan James and obviously also for the Ravens. Um, that said, it, you know, what can you say about Pat McCary? I mean, holy crap, how valuable is that guy? Um, I can't, like, think about when we were surprised we signed him 
instead of Bozeman. Yeah. Thank God. I mean, think about that. Where would we be now without Patrick McCarry? Um, on several levels, from last year to this year to whatever. Um, so, um, I guess Patrick McCarry is our left tackle until State um, Stanley comes back. I mean, is that your thought? Yeah, that it, it sounds like it. I. Uh... Yeah, it's it's really interesting because Pat McCarry was a tackle in college. He was. He yeah, he played in 34 games, 24 starts, including 22 at left tackle and one at right tackle. So obviously the majority of his got training, he's got experience, he's got you know. I mean, it's not crazy outside of the fact that he doesn't look like a left tackle. No, he doesn't, and I think it's just his like it, it was just his body that told NFL teams that he can't play left tackle. But he does have the experience there in college, and yeah, you know, as surprised as we are that you know each time he gets thrown into seemingly impossible situations that he like performs at least adequately. Uh, maybe he's just a really good player. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think gotta, I gotta think give him that, his credit. Yeah, we really just have to start. You know, figuring out, well, maybe we just need to find a place on the offensive line for Pat McCary. Or maybe he's just, this is his role. You know, this is, he's the guy that, yeah, maybe he's not starting, but as soon as you have any attrition on the offensive line, you can throw him in there to, you know, calm things down. Yeah, and, and like, how valuable is that? I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Like, who who else would have played left tackle? We would have had to slide uh Moses over and and you know then you're in trouble at right tackle so yeah yeah, he he was he was good he's he's gonna have some some tough matchups coming up uh if if he's if he's remains the left tackle for for a while but I mean let's face it the Dolphins are licking their chops I mean I hate to say that as we're sitting here praising McCary but the reality is the Dolphins are licking their chops right now, figuring they've got someone they're about to cream on Sunday. Yeah, and and you know after that you uh, let's see, let's take a look at the schedule here: the Patriots and Belichick's defense, and then the Bills with Von Miller and all those defensive linemen, and yeah. you know it, it you know it doesn't really get easier. Yeah. Now go. the good so, news is. Ronnie Stanley was, and Marcus Peters too, both of them, were were not full participants in practice, but they are practicing. Mm-hmm. So that's good. He, you know, he is, he's out there. I think he's coming. You know, Travis Jones, not that we're talking about the defense yet, but he looks like he's going to be back. I mean, he, he had, he was a, he, he looked, he, I think he was a limited participant, but also looked really good in practice, stayed after, I think, and did some work with Matabike, I think I saw. And then mm-hmm. the other guy, since we're talking about the offense, oh our yeah, boy J, our boy J.K. Dobbins was back as a full participant, and that that could be huge. Yeah, that could be awesome. Um, yeah, if he's back, him and Drake uh, is is a pretty good combination for now. Uh, it would be so cool to have him back at, at week two after the injury that he had. Um, there was a video that came out earlier this morning that was like he was describing what happened is ACL, LCL, 
hamstring, something else. And, uh, you know, I mean, that is that is insane that yeah. he's even this close. And to be a full participant uh, is such a good sign. And if he suits up and they, like, announce the offense um, coming out, the crowd is oh, going to go nuts. Yeah, because no the other thing, the other thing that I learned today is that J.K. Dobbins has never played in front of a Baltimore home crowd. He was he was drafted during the COVID year, and then he didn't play last year. Oh my so, gosh! That's how crazy. cool is that? I never thought about that. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, that would be so cool. It would it would be so nice to see him out there. Um, man, that that would be awesome. And and you know, fingers crossed, no, no setbacks or anything this week. And you know, he can get out there and and get some snaps. That'd be really cool. No doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. I never. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. How, it, yeah. It, the world is so crazy, man. It, I, it's very strange. Very strange. And we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more as we get into the to the week two preview. But um, I, I I did notice that the Ravens were moving the pocket quite a bit for Lamar, getting him a little bit more space. Uh, whether whether it was on play action rollouts or, or whatever the case is, I think that's going to be a uh, a theme that we continue with going forward and, and assisting this still gelling offensive line a little bit by giving them a little bit more breathing room. And um, I think that's a nice adjustment by Roman for sure. For sure. Any, uh, anything else on the offensive side of the ball? I think I have three things. Um, oh wow! All right. More, more like statements rather than necessarily anything I expect to really talk much about. But okay, you know, speaking of Roman, I I am kind of getting tired of our pass plays where guys run into each other because they're kind of running in the same place. Or like I think there was a play where likely tried to catch a ball that was probably meant for Mark Andrews. And you kind of, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it, I, I'm not anywhere close to someone that should be drawing up plays, but it just seems odd to me that year after year, we send that, tend to have that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. There was one that I saw, uh, it was like um, Andrews and DuVernay right next to each other. And people were pointing to the fact that maybe it was an option route for for Andrews. And, you know, once he realized he was in the same spot as DuVernay, he kind of peeled out and they got that that really nice first down. And that could be part of it. It's just like, yeah, you know, well, part true. of it could be Roman. Part of it could be like it's just really complicated. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah, sometimes the guys don't do the right thing. And yeah. sometimes Andrews has the option to do whatever he wants and, you know, has to do it on the fly because somebody else runs right to where he was going to go. And <laughs> so well, that, I, that's I, I totally it. fair. And it, obviously I'm not someone that, you know, has, has played the game. So it's unfair of me to criticize. It just seems strange to, to see that constantly, but I guess you're right. I think you say what the frequency with, with which it happens is a little, you know, eyebrow raising. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like some of, at least some of them, there is some fairly legitimate explanation. Yeah. Now instead of I, like, oh yeah, I just ran the wrong route. Yeah. Now the the two other items that I was going to talk about, we kind of roll them into one, or just two guys that I was disappointed in somewhat, I guess, or just guys that had really bad games. Mike Davis, I felt looked terrible. 
Um, obviously, his fumble didn't help. Um, I don't know. I just have been, I've been, he's been an eyebrow raiser for me for a while. I mean, not that I think he's terrible, but I'm surprised by how much we used him in the preseason and by how much he seemed to be automatically on the team. You know, so I guess I was a bit disappointed by his performance. He didn't look like he was hitting the hole real well, in my opinion. The fumble didn't help. I don't know. I just wasn't. Didn't blow me away. Um, obviously, he only had two carries, but I don't know. It just didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't leave the game real flowery about our running game. So mm. Mike Davis didn't help with that. Let's just put it that way. Anyway, secondarily, you know, Isaiah Likely, I was surprised he he had a pretty bad game. He did not look. He did not look all that great. Four targets, no catches. Um, you know, I'm Little sure there's, there's better to come, but it was it was surprising. Yeah, um, a, f- a few drops in there uh, that that balls that I would have expected him to catch. Yeah, uh, but it's also a fourth round rookie in his first game on the road. So I mean, yeah, certainly disappointing after the after the preseason that he put up, but. Um, I think you know, it's just maybe a, a settling in to the regular season kind of thing. I don't know, but yeah, well, you're. Right. Hope so. But that's those are my yeah, yeah. those are my remaining thoughts. Honestly, I kind of agree on both accounts for sure on, on the Davis one, and and I think that's kind of why you bring in Kenyon Drake is uh, a little bit more juice. Um, yeah, you saw a little bit more burst from him. Um. And and you you got to think that he becomes the number two with Dobbins um, fairly fairly quickly or, or as soon as Dobbins is back. I mean Drake might be starting this yeah. week if Dobbins isn't ready to go. But uh, you know I, I think that's the reason you bring a guy like him in. No doubt. All right. Cool. I think that's a good review of the offense. I don't think I had anything else. Any thoughts oh, yeah. um, on a wide receiver? Or, I mean, I thought he looked all right. Um, yeah. You know, not, yeah. Not any kind of big, big game with two receptions for 19 yards. but Yeah, but he did have that one really long exactly. pass interference. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I guess, like, stats that really don't show up in his box score, but really big for the offense. Yeah. I think just and I his know, general and- his speed is, is huge. It is. And I mean, it's it says something that he looks like a pro wide receiver. You know, he lo- he looks like a guy that deserves to be on the field, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. You know, we've had so many agreed crappy wide receivers over the years. I was a little concerned thinking, OK, here's a cast off from Kansas City. Is this who we really want to sign? I guess we'll see how he looks. And you know what? He's been well coached to Kansas City. He knows how to run routes. He looks like a, a a very decent wide receiver to have in this on this team, so I'm I'm happy to have him for sure. Yeah, do you think he fits kind of like a like a Jacoby Jones kind of take the top off the defense kind of guy, or um, I mean, maybe, is he a little bit more than that? Do you think? I don't know. I, I that's a good question. I don't know. Um, he might be that. That's probably a good comparison at least to start is the Jacoby Jones can he be more than that I mean I guess that's why that's probably why he's no longer in Kansas City because they didn't think he could be but we'll see if, yeah that's uh, true 
we'll see if uh, maybe he can do that here. Well, yeah, because he got cut by the Raiders as well. Because he, he signed with the Raiders in the offseason, and they cut him. But who knows what the Raiders are doing. Yeah. Uh, that's They made some weird decisions over there. But, yeah, I mean, I, 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 was, I, I was glad that they had a little uh, play-action bootleg and, you know, really easy completion to Robinson. I think the throw uh, that was intercepted was actually uh, targeting Robinson and I think he had one there maybe just a little bit underthrown but I mean I like you said I test he passes yeah absolutely and All that right, cool. means a lot you think of like you think about the Patrick Johnsons of the world and you know oh man really you know who my guy was like right huh you know who my like one of my favorite two of my favorite Ravens draft picks at the receiver position were number one, Yaman Figures. He was my guy. Oh my God, Yaman Figures. I loved him. <laughs> so my my dad got it when he came here from India. He, he moved and got his master's from Kansas State. So you know, I always followed Kansas State football. Yeah, sure. And he was on those like good teams right. with with uh, like Josh Freeman was their quarterback. Yeah. So he was really good. He set like school records and stuff like that, and he returned punt, returned kicks. I thought he was going to be so good, um, not so much. And then my other guy, who I absolutely loved, was Tandon Doss. Uh, also, not not so great. He, but, man, I'll tell you what. Especially after I, I definitely drank the Kool Aid on Tandon Doss. I mean, the Flacco wanted him specifically because he saw his hands or whatever. You know, wasn't that what it is? Like, didn't he like yeah. work out some receivers and he really liked Tandon Doss? Yeah. Anyway, yep. I <laughs> I was with you there. I was disappointed he didn't turn into anything. Yeah, man. I I swear, Yamon Figures could still return punts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool. Let's flip it over to the defense. Sounds good. Let's flip it over to defense. Um, I went on a little tangent last week about my guy, Marcus Williams, and boy, did he show up for me. He had the first pick of the year, really nice return after the pick. And You know, it's funny. I didn't think he should have. Now, you you had a better view, obviously, in the stadium. Should he have cut it inside? It almost looked like if he had kept it outside, he might have scored. Yeah, um, I, I was actually... I, I was actually looking at the highlight too, and I was like, "Huh, he he had a shot there," um, but you know, J- J- Big Joe Flacco took him down. So yeah, you know, you know it's what, hard. What, I, once the brow gets a hold of you, it's hard to. It's hard right, to- right. What are you gonna do? You know, but I mean, combined twelve tackles, he was all over the field. I mean, he had another pass defense. Uh, I mean, his his impact was almost immediately felt uh, at the free free safety spot. So. I uh, am, am slightly vindicated for sure, or, or whatever whatever verb you want to use in, in last week's episode, because he he definitely made me look like I was right. Oh, no doubt. I mean, he just, he, he came as advertised, you know, across the board. You know, I mean, he, that's what you want to see out of the guy that you sign to the big contract in the offseason. You know, I mean, he came in and and showed us what what he can do, and I'll tell you what I'm I'm pretty damn excited to see what he can do, and especially uh, Chuck Clark looked great. I mean, he looks invigorated. I mean, 
I, I'm really excited. Kyle Hamilton, whatever, play when you can play. I love our two starting safeties and Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark. Okay. They're a really good duo. Yeah. They both played um, every snap. They both did very different things. Chuck Clark had the forced fumble. You know, he was he was all over the field. Like, every time you look up, it was Chuck Clark that was standing right there. Um, he was really, really good. And actually, uh, in, in not huge news today, they restructured his contract a little bit. I don't know if you really? um, caught see. that. But basically, they, like, gained – Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in cap space, but they uh, added some incentives, or or at least um, whatever incentives he had, he they added money to them. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever the modification was, they put him in a position to earn more money because uh, sounds like what, what Jeff Zriebeck says is that they really appreciate how professional he's been. Yeah. Um. Even though they signed the big safety and then they draft the big safety and. Uh, you know, he's maybe the afterthought, but he's been awesome. And uh, awesome. I'm glad. Yeah. So, I mean, he's good fantastic. on the org. Yeah. Good on the org. Good on him for, you know, showing up. The defensive line um, in general, just very, very dominant day. Um, like almost everybody. I mean, honestly, up. 92 was in the backfield. Mm-hmm. All day long and you know what so is our boy our big old nose tackle the guy who's just a run stopper michael pierce what happened to that guy he suddenly had some massive push up front yeah that was that was kind of his deal uh that he was supposed to be able to provide some interior rush and even when we had him the first time and maybe we didn't see as much of it then, but, you know. Or maybe was, we was, just were used to it or something and we missed yeah. it since he's been gone. Whatever. I, I was not prepared for the the presence of Michael Pierce again. I mean, which which surprised me. Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was. I mean, he was good. He was all over. He was he was involved in two fumble uh, forced fumbles. He was dropping into coverage. Clay Campbell is dropping into coverage. He was playing, Clay Campbell was playing on the edge a little bit, um, you know, uh, helping out that PK, outside as I linebacker. Said, 92, Broderick Washington, 96. Yeah. I mean, dude, everybody was all over the place, man. All over the place. And we get Travis Jones back soon. Yes, exactly. He, he returned to practice. I mean, that makes the group even better. And that makes them even more versatile because, you know, he's had experience playing several gaps. Um, like I said, Clay Campbell is playing on the edge. Uh, the whole group was really, really good. Um, Owe rushing the passer was making some things happen. Maybe didn't show up in the stat sheet as much, but you know, definitely with some hurries in there. Um, he was. Uh, it, it was a really, really impressive uh, outing for this group. Um, both, both in the, in the run stopping as well. I think they the Jets had a couple long runs, but. I don't think I'm all too concerned uh, no, in general I mean, look, about that'll those. Happen. That'll happen yeah. occasionally, especially when you don't tackle in the preseason because we didn't, mm-hmm. you know, barely at all in practice and everything else in, in training camp. So, I mean, we're still we're still working up on that. I, I'm sure that will get better. Patrick Queen looked great. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. All three levels. Yeah, really good at all three levels. Um. The the thing that I loved the most about what Queen did 
was tackling the open field. He had he had some really impressive open field tackles to shut down plays, whereas seemingly last year, um, and it's not just him, but there would be one missed tackle, and then it would be off to the races yeah. uh, for the other team. And um, I think he was awesome. Uh, Kyle Hamilton had the one tough missed tackle, but but uh, I thought he kind of settled in nicely too. I, I think it's just going to take him a little bit of time, which is, like we said, we have two other awesome safeties. Yeah. Take your time. It's fine. We don't need him to be an all-pro right now. Right. We just need right. him to need settle him to in. Contribute. Right. Yeah, exactly. Be a, be a contributor, settle in, uh, and and – you know, by maybe by the time it's the middle of the year or a few games down the road, and he's awesome too. Then we have three really good safeties. The, so the Ravens, he played fifty percent of the snaps, and uh, Williams and Clark each played a hundred percent of the snaps. So for fifty percent of the plays, we had three safeties on the field. And when the three safeties were on the field, it looked like mostly Williams and Hamilton on the back end and um, Chuck Clark playing that linebacker rover yeah. spot, which he's really good at. So interesting to have uh, a Hamilton like that on the back end, but they were good. Corners in general were good. Unfortunately, the really tough injury to Kyle Fuller, uh, which, which Just really sucks. Game too. I, I mean, know played 95% of the snaps and then to leave the game with a knee injury, that just, and then to be out for the year, coming back to his hometown, I, that sucked big time. Yeah, both both of those injuries were just like, you got to be kidding me, man. Like two starters, of course, but if, like the the circumstances around each one. Of course, James coming back from his injuries, like you mentioned, and then uh, Fuller joining his hometown team. It's just like, you know, really gut-wrenching in, uh, injuries. But you know that's going to put the secondary in a little bit of a bind until we're we're able to figure out when Marcus Peters is coming back, um, especially with some of the offenses on deck. Um, might might be uh, might be a little interesting in the secondary, but in general, really happy with the Ravens' defensive performance. Great first game as defensive coordinator for Mike McDonald. And, um, you know, hopefully he keeps unleashing Queen and Matabike and this defensive line and, you know, really playing everybody to their strengths. I agree, man. And, and look, Brandon Stevens, we've got to we've got to um, call out your boy, you know, for making a pretty awesome recovery play um, mm-hmm. to take away catch. And just he looked he looked good. I think he's going to continue to develop as you constantly um, remind us about so you know he he's 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 a guy that that uh definitely i mean the spotlight is on him at the moment um oh, and yeah. i think he's gonna do well i mean i the nice here's the nice thing right now about about how this ravens defense is set up the fact that we have both clark and Williams back there, and and obviously Humphrey too. I don't want to take away Humphrey, even though last year he wasn't fantastic. But obviously we know the talent he has. You've got those those three guys back there, even without Peters. You sprinkle in the other talent we have around them on this team, and I think they'll their presence, their you know veteran calmness, however you want to call that. I would think would help 
with those moments where we've got, whether it be Pepe Williams, whether it be Brandon Stevens, whether it be uh, Armour Davis or one of these other young guys, you know, if they're getting it exploited a little bit by a quarterback, you know, for one reason or another, I think we've got the veteran leadership now on the back end that's going to be able to step in and not just try to, you know, pep the guy up a little bit, but just step in and, and calm it down, you know, by, you know, taking over and, and you know, making it happen a bit more. So I think that's what Marcus Williams allows and mm-hmm. adds to this defense along with Chuck Clark and Marlon Humphrey. So, I mean, I think, I think that, that's the difference between this year and last year while we while we lose a couple guys. Yeah, agreed. So so what do you think is going to happen here? Like so say Peters is ready for week 2. Um so you have your top two guys and then you have Stevens, Pepe and Jalen Armour Davis. And Armour Davis did get some snaps on defense in week one, but haven't really seen a ton of him in the preseason because of injuries and things like that. So do you think you go Humphrey in the slot and then have Stevens uh, or Jalen Armour Davis on the outside, or do you keep Humphrey and Peters outside and let um, Pepe and Stevens work on the inside? Or does it, I mean, I guess it probably depends on the matchup, right? Yeah, I mean, I would I would say it depends on the matchup. I mean, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but Pepe is more of a slot guy than an outside. Yeah. Guy, right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in that sense, I like Pepe. I like what I've seen of him. I'd rather see him, you know, playing slot and lock down somebody on the outside with with Humphrey. Um, I think that's the better way to go about it. But you know, that said, I mean, uh, it's not like Humphrey's terrible in the slot either. Um, right. And and that's what I was trying to get to is that you, you really get that versatility from him being able to do both. Yeah. So you do have some options if, if something's not working and, and and you're getting cooked on the outside. Well, all right, well, let's stick Humphrey back out there and we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out in the slot. You know, you have some combinations that, no that you can get to no. that doesn't totally. Right. That doesn't totally break the rest of the secondary, which is nice. Um, I mean, yeah. Nice day for the defense. Uh, the the one touchdown late, and e- even on that one, Stevens was right there, and it just happened to be a nice throwing catch. But yeah, you can't um, do much about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really nice day for the defense. Uh, special teams, just a couple things here. Jordan Stout was good. I I, oh, I think he looked really good. He really did, man. What, yeah, what, what and then the yard average, sixty-four yard punt, something like that. Um, he uh. Yeah, forty-eight point five average, sixty-four yard long punt. Yeah, not not terrible. One touchback. Yeah, that was nice. And our and our and our uh, mystery was was Devin Duvernay was back to yep. return kicks and punts. Um, Quiet day. On but not not a lot to say there terrible. because yeah, not a lot to say there because a couple of the Jets punts were so bad. So bad. Um, and then the kickoffs were two touchbacks. So. Not a, not a ton there to report on, but last thing. Here's a question. Did Stout kick off or was it Tucker? It was Tucker. Okay. Yeah, it was Tucker. Um, and speaking of Tucker, the rest of the league just reminds you 
Oh. Each week. How Thank bad God, was this? Justin Tucker. Thank Dude, God. how bad was the rest of the kicking? I couldn't believe it. I, I don't understand what happened in Steelers uh Bengals. I don't I don't get that it. That was really weird. They had bad snaps. The the yeah. uh Greg Zerline for the Jets missed a field goal and an extra point. Yes. I there was I mean, it was a disaster all over the place. And then you look at your sideline and just like, yep, can't relate. We, we have Justin Tucker. Yeah, very cool. It's it's just so good, such a comfort to have him. Uh, all right, game ball. Who's who's got your game ball? I gotta give Devin DuVernay the game ball. I mean, all the all the crap that uh, our wide receiver core gets, all he does is take four targets, take four receptions out of those targets, give us fifty four yards, and oh, guess what? Two touchdowns along with it. So he gets my game ball. Yeah, that, and so the first touchdown I saw the stat was like the closest coverage to be a touchdown. It was like one point one one yards of separation. So, I mean, just tough catch, good physicality yeah. from him. Uh, my game ball goes to Marcus Williams. Surprise, surprise. Twelve combined tackles, the pick. Um, he was awesome. He was all over the place. First Baltimore. game with the Ravens. Welcome to Baltimore. That was great. Pop of the week. So pop of the week for our new listeners. There's a lot of big hits in the NFL that are now illegal. Pop of the week talks about the big hits that are legal that uh, kind of make you go, oh, uh, make, make you uh, jump out of your seat a little bit. So, Holly, what's your pop of the week? Well, we didn't really have a ton of like, wow, that was a that was a pop this week. But what what I will start with is one of our two uh, uh, forced fumbles, and I'm going to go with Michael Pierce's forced forced fumble. Welcome oh, back, baby. Michael Pierce. And I guess I guess he's he sort of split that a little bit, but we'll we'll give it to Michael Pierce. Yeah, uh, yeah. We mentioned he dropped into coverage a couple times. That was one of them. The other one, the one pop of the week that I'm going to go with is the Chuck Clark forced fumble, which Michael Pierce also dropped into coverage. Carl like punched it out of there. Um, you know, Marlon Humphreys on the recovering end uh, for once, uh, not not uh, punching it out himself, but uh, another good pop that that really swung the game for the Ravens. So those are our pops of the week. All right. Enough with week one. We're going to move on to week two. Um, the Ravens home opener against the Miami Dolphins, also one and oh, really took it to the New England Patriots kind of beat them in, in every phase of the game. Um, potentially a tough matchup here. You know, they're, they're really? a defense that really gave us a tough time. Yeah. Um, they got this new coach, a new offensive coordinator. They got Tua. They got uh, Tyreek Hill. They got Jalen Waddell. They got some weapons over there. Maybe maybe a tough matchup. What are you, what are you looking for here? You know, I'll tell you what. I, I just have to say I didn't give the Dolphins enough respect in our you know, I, I still I still believe the Ravens will win the game, but I didn't give them enough respect last week when we went through our, our schedule. I was I was more than impressed by what I saw uh, on Sunday for the Dolphins. I you know, it's I think it's, it's going to be a, a knockdown drag out football game potentially. You know, I think this has I, I really don't see us shutting down their offense based off of what we saw last year. And what we saw last week from the Dolphins, they're real. 
So I don't think we can look at this and go, oh, well, the Ravens will shut that down. I don't think we're at that at that point yet, as much as I'd like to think we would be. Um, and their defense is good enough that we've got to come to play. I really hope we have J.K. Dobbins. I think we're going to need his explosiveness at running back. And DeVernay and uh, Bateman need to come to play again. And, and so does Isaiah Likely. I mean, we're going to have to get chunk yardage. We're going to have to be efficient and make plays and score on offense. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one for sure. I, I think I still agree with your initial uh, home opener. You know, the Ravens aren't losing that. I, I think I still agree there. This is going to be tough, though, because um, – like you said, the defense is 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 there for uh, for the Dolphins. Um, they have some good pass rushers. They they added Melvin Ingram over the over the off season. They still have Xavier uh, Howard on the outside. Like a lot of these same pieces that made the Ravens' life really difficult on the offensive side of the ball last year, and it's because of their really complex blitz that they show. And then, you know, you can't really tell how many they're going to bring. So it's really going to come down to a lot of really focused, good communication in the offensive line play, which, like we said, it's a pretty new group. And, uh, you know, that's going to be tough. So it's really going to come down to them. It's going to come down to moving the pocket a little bit and negating some of that immediate rush um, and, and, you know, making some of the coverages a little bit more obvious. Um, so on that side of the ball, it, it really, how well can the Ravens adjust to what they did last time? And then how well can they adjust to whatever they're doing this time? And that's probably going to be the difference in the game, because like I mentioned on the offensive side of the ball, um, the Dolphins have some, some really good pieces. Something to keep an eye on, though, is that their starting left tackle, Teron Armstead, did not practice today. And there's a decent chance that Teron Armstead misses the game on Sunday. So that could be a big change in, in what the Dolphins are able to do. And especially on the edge again, with Justin Houston and Jace, uh, Odafe Owe um, getting after Tua, who doesn't have that same mobility that he had um, in his college career for sure. Uh, are, are they able to change his day for the worse? And, um, you know, how does whoever's playing – cornerback two and whoever's playing safety over the top how do you handle the speed that Jalen Waddle and Tyree Hill bring yeah. so uh some some really key storylines there um I think it's going to be a really interesting game it's going to be a lot of fun it should be a fun one absolutely and it's not going to be I don't think it's going to be like that opener against the Dolphins a few years ago where we just blew them out, out of the water I mean I think now hopefully we end up having some plays like that but I think they're going to be able to to still make some plays against us. I mean, Waddle and Hill, you know, are going to be able to not only take the roof off of it, but if, if Tua can really get it to them there, but you know, they can also take those screen passes deep. And that that's also one place where we tend to have problems, you know, and, and historically, mm -hmm. you know, over the course of the Ravens, when you get a quarterback that starts dinking and dunking us all day, you know, that's sometimes when we have our worst, worst games and just just look at last year against Tua I mean he just kind of mm -hmm. just picked us apart you, you know, know yards so, after the catch 
Yeah. So, I mean, we've got to be prepared for that and we've got to be, you know, sound tackling and, and all of that on defense to, to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's going to be a fun one. Home opener. The crowd's going to be electric. Um, so it, let's, yeah, let's I'm, talk I'm real quick about it. fantasy. Do you have any guys uh, either on both, either side of the ball? Who are you looking at fantasy wise in this game? Uh, I mean, uh, outside of the obvious ones for the Ravens, I think Lamar and, and Andrews are going to be a given every yeah. week. Uh, Do you I, think it's worth for people that picked up DuVernay on the waiver wire? Are you like, oh, my God, DuVernay's got to be a must start? No, but I do think that regardless if Dobbins is back or not, I think Kenyon Drake is an interesting start. Um. I think he's likely going to start uh, for the Ravens. I think he's going to get the most touches. I think he has the most explosive ability to make things happen. So whether that is on checkdowns, which the Ravens don't really do that much, as as uh, Lamar can extend the play and and look for receivers down down the field, but on the checkdowns, and you know if if that offensive line is able to gel a little bit more and and get some more out of out of Pat Ricard uh, in the blocking game then, uh, you know, Drake might be somebody to keep an eye on. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I think you said it well. I would never want to start any of our wide receivers unless I just didn't have any better options. Um, Yeah, running back until Dobbins, you know, solidifies his standing again, um, I would say Drake wouldn't be a bad, like, hey, if you need somebody to steal a touchdown, maybe, you know, kind of a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. That's probably... Where I would go for anyone out there that drafted Isaiah Likely, I would say you're an idiot and you need to probably cut him immediately and, and go about your business and wait for later in the season. Um, you know, that's probably my my thoughts on the Ravens right now. Now, what do you think about the Dolphins and how their their impact guys would play against us? Are you are you thinking, you know, this is a good day for the Dolphins defense? No. I don't think so. I mean, the, the, the Dolphins had a really nice uh, week one. That's quite a different offense in the, in the, the Patriots that they're playing. Um, I don't think the Patriots quite have anybody. With, Even with our uh, our utility left tackle? Uh, I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be fine. They'll probably give him some help. Um yeah, I think Boyle and, and, and are going to be playing a lot on the left side. Yeah, what is what is the deal with Boyle? He was, he was uh, inactive. He might be hurt. Um, was he inactive? So who knows? Got one yeah, he, he was, yeah, he was he inactive. inactive. Why do the stats yeah. I'm looking at say he had one target? I guess they're wrong. Uh, I thought he was inactive. I didn't see him at all. Uh, maybe maybe he was, and I still didn't notice him. Well, yeah, not inactive. seeing him on the list at all as ever playing. So healthy healthy scratch for week one. Yeah, so I guess that's just a a poor stat, whatever that is. And Oliver playing over Boyle is crazy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I think they're gonna give him some help. Um. I think Lamar's gonna gonna make some plays. I think 
last year is probably leaving a bad taste in his mouth and just knowing how competitive he is, I think he's going to be, uh, he's going to be dialed in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Especially going home to Miami after all the, Oh, you like the picture of yourself in a dolphins Jersey. And I'm surprised Mm -hmm. that hasn't even become a thing yet this week. I mean, I guess, I guess I didn't see the entire press conference with Lamar. He did a whole bit where he like brought popcorn and told yeah. him he didn't he didn't want to talk about like his contract anymore respectfully. I mean, he's doing all this in a nice way. I, I'm not trying to like say he's a jerk about it, but then he was like, uh, "I'll give you popcorn for anyone that's got a good question." <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> and then he had like a milkshake with him too, and he was like, "The milkshake's mine, though. I'm I'm gonna keep this." It was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty funny, but. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> But anyway, so uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Lamar is gonna come to play as he always does. It's he's gonna, he's gonna want to ball out going home to Florida. Um, yeah, for sure. No, no, they're coming up. They're coming to Baltimore. Oh, I'm sorry. Playing, I'm sorry. Playing against the Dolphins, though. Uh, um, you know, yeah. against this Florida team. My, my fault. You're right. They're obviously coming here. Yeah. So here's another segment we got. Bulletin board material. That is somebody that we want to put on notice for the game coming up. Somebody maybe who we didn't like what we saw or or needs to keep up what we did like. Um, so who are you giving some bulletin board material this week? I'm I'm giving Marlon Humphrey some bulletin board material, man. I mean, he's he's coming off that rough year last year. He's uh, you know, he's he's supposed to be our man on defense. You know, he's supposed to be our Ed Reed on defense, you know, really. I mean, I know we've got we've got your boy Marcus Williams now, but, you know, before Marcus Williams, there was Marlon Humphrey. And and it's time to, to get back to the old Marlon Humphrey. I want to see him shut down one of Waddle or Hill, if not both, single-handedly on Sunday. So that's what I'm saying. I want Marlon Humphrey back. I want our all our all pro level cornerback back. Uh, Marlon, this is your game. I want to see it. You're on the bulletin board. Oh, very nice. I'm gonna go with a little bulletin board material for this newly constructed offensive line. We mentioned the complex looks from the Dolphins. They're really gonna have to lock in this week and and figure this out. Um, because whether it's like the zero blitzes, you know that. You know, which are tough to handle, of course. But if it's look, if it looks like they're bringing everybody and then they drop four of them back into coverage and you don't know who to block, and it's going to be a mess again. So we got to figure it out. And and really, who it comes down to is is Tyler Linderbaum because the center's the guy who's sliding protections and things like that, identifying rushers. It, this is a big game early on for him. So, yeah, let me specify on that. Tyler Linderbaum, I'm giving you some bulletin board material, man. Let's see it. Uh, all right, cool. So so we got Linderbaum and we got Marlon Humphrey, a rookie and a vet. Very cool. And let's let's finish up with our last segment, our crab take of the week. So the background on this one is I used to write for the Baltimore Sports Report um, – Articles about the Orioles, or overreaction of the week, and I would pretend to be a one hundred five to seven caller, and you know, really just blow something way out of proportion. So now we're here on Crab Take and Football. What is your Crab Take of the week, Holly? Let's see. 
I would say my my crab take of the week is is the running game. We need to establish a better running game than we did last last week. It needs to happen. Our running game is trash at the moment. There I said it. It's trash. And it needs to be better next week. Yeah, it's got it. Yeah, you're you're I did. Yeah, that's not even like one of five seven material. That's that's <laughs> that's pretty good. I liked it. Um, for me, I think Brandon Williams, or I'm sorry, Brandon Stevens is going to play the game of his life. I think he's going to have an interception. I think, you know, whoever they try to pick on him with, whether it's Hill or Waddle, um, he's, he's going to have the game of his life. He's going to, he's, I'm calling it right now. He's going to get my game ball, uh, for that week review. Um, so Brandon, Brandon Stevens is about to step up in a major way and make this defense really, really scary. Um, okay. Very, very good stuff this week. A nice win for the Ravens. Looking forward to week two. Football's back. It feels good. Feels good to be recording back on our weekly grind. This is, this is, this is feeling right, Holly. It is feeling right. And you know what? What, I mean, you're at, I almost want to end it there. You like set it up so perfectly, but I guess we still have to say what our, what our predictions are for next week. Don't we? Yeah, we do actually forgot about that part. I got fired up. All right. What, what do you predict? I think we both got Ravens wins, but what's the score? I, you know, I, my, my only, it's close. As we said, my only real waffle at this point is how many points will be scored. Cause I actually think, it might end up being kind of high scoring, even though, like, I think it's going to be a, a well-played game defensively. Like, I don't, you know, but I, I still think the teams are going to score, if that makes any sense. I'm thinking. Before you say it. Yeah. All right. Maybe maybe I'll just give you this data point. The over-under is 44 and a half. The Ravens are are favored by three and a half. Okay. If that changes anything, just so we're it, we're it operating I'm with going the same over. information. I, I'm definitely okay. going over by quite a bit, but I'm I'm going to say 34-24. Ravens. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm also going to go over. I got I got like 28-26 Ravens. Um, going to be a close one. I'm going to nail nail biter. Yeah. I mean, gonna I'm thinking some crazy we score stuff. late. You know, it's, I'm, we win by 10, but it's not going to be a comfortable 10. You know, it's going to be one of those mm-hmm. things where, you know, we're up by a touchdown most of the game and then score a field goal late or score a touchdown late or something, you know, something late to put the game away. Yeah. Yeah. After kind of a snoozer in, in week one, uh, not not the most intense game in the world. I think uh, we, we get a we get a high stakes one here against two pretty good teams. So, all right. We both got Ravens wins, both close uh, predictions. So with that, you know, we'll be back after the game next week as well. Holly, you want to sign us off? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll keep it short because you had a great, great wrap up just a little bit ago. I think everybody's excited. Week one win. Now we're going into the home opener. Let's go Ravens.